Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Well, here we are on the fourth Sunday of Advent, and um, maybe your Christmas shopping's been done for a while. Maybe you think, boy, I probably should get on that soon. But no matter where you're at, uh, we are journeying in the last remaining days in order for the day of Christmas to actually be transformative. For For Christmas Day to actually be an encounter with Jesus, who is the love and power of God in our world, in order for that to be a reality for each one of you and for me, we've got a few days left of preparation, and the church who is an expert in humanity. She's been around for 2,000 years, dealing with us and our beauty and brokenness all at once. She gives us this gospel to meditate on, which is the second mystery of the joyful mysteries of the rosary, the visitation. And in order for us to really see what's going on, oftentimes we need to be reminded of the players. Who are the characters? What's the backstory? So we really know what's being revealed or spoken to, to each of us by God. So we hear the name Zechariah twice. This is important because you have main figures. There's five people in this scene in the gospel. Mary, with very, very little embryo of Jesus in her womb. Elizabeth, with a bigger baby in her womb, John the Baptist. And then Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. Now before this, what we know about Zechariah is an angel came to him and said, your wife is going to conceive a child. Sounds familiar. Sounds like when the angel went to Mary. Except Zechariah doubted God completely. He said, what? How could this be? That's crazy talk. She's past childbearing years. She's older. So the angel decided to give Zechariah a little medicine. Right? And the medicine was he now became unable to speak. So God silenced him. Now you need to know this because it, what happens in this scene is Mary, right beforehand, an angel comes to Mary says, you're going to conceive a child. She says, how can this be? But the heart behind her question is, this is absolutely amazing. How can this be? And so she's not punished or doesn't receive the medicine. So she comes into Elizabeth's home. We hear the line in the gospel today. There's Elizabeth pregnant with John the Baptist, all right, and her husband, silent, Zechariah, because he can't speak. And Elizabeth says to Mary, blessed are you who believed what the Lord spoke to you. You can imagine her being like, I don't like that guy, all right? (laughs) And so this is the scene. You got Mary pregnant with God. The God is not hidden behind the stars. He's in a woman's body in the first century in her womb. All sorts of beautiful implications there that we can talk about at another time. But she is called the Theotokos. In Greek, it's the God-bearer or the God-birther, to actually be literal. All right? She walks in, and she's in a very silent home. (laughs) Zechariah can't talk. Elizabeth growing. And so for us to really see what's happening, I think we need to spend a little time with Zechariah. 
Why of all things would God use the medicine of you can't talk anymore, Zechariah? What's happening there? And I think it's this. So often when we speak, what we're inserting into the world are our uninformed opinions, our broken judgments, our criticisms, in essence, our egos. We're just putting it out there. And if it's not verbally, we're in the comment section on social media, YouTube, Facebook, or whatever have you. We're at Panera after Mass talking to each other about other things. And what we do is oftentimes we take our preferences and make them truth. Right? I don't like that. Therefore, it's bad. And that way of living in the world is rather immature in all of us. I'm up here elevated so you can see me, but not elevated morally, okay? I'm just up here letting you know the gospel. That we all have a way and at times of asserting our opinions, our brokenness, our judgment, our ideas. And when we do that, we tend to crowd out God. As a guy who had been a part of AA for a long time one time said to me, Father, you know what ego means? And I said, well, I think so, but what are you going to tell me it means? He says, it stands for elbowing God out. So when our egos are active, get, get out of here. I got some ideas. So when God silences Zechariah, it's not because he hates Zechariah. He wants him to just listen, observe, behold, receive, allow, accept the work of God in his life. Quit telling God what's possible and not, Zechariah. Quit limiting God. Quit spewing your own opinions and ideas into the world and just receive. Behold, look, gaze upon the activity of God. And for him, for the several months in his quiet home, he got to see how wrong he was as his wife's womb grew with life and she filled with joy that her deepest hopes and dreams were being honored by the Father. He began to see this. And how did he see it? Through silence. And as he saw his wife and life growing in her, he began to recognize my dispositions, my judgments, my ideas are keeping me from the activity of God. They are not helping me participate in the miracles and wonders and holiness of Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. They're actually hindering me and keeping me stuck. And so it was through silence that he began to be open to the workings of God. I think this is all for us this week. How loud does this week already feel for you going into it? And by loud, maybe another word can we can say busy. And by busy, maybe I can say, how many places and people or do you have to see or talk to or accomplish before you feel like you'll be ready for Christmas? All of that has a certain volume to it. And we're going to miss Jesus. We're going to miss the miracles, the workings, and the wonders of God if we're so built up and relying on our plans, our ideas, our opinions, our judgments. Sometimes we have to take a step back and be open, silent, 
to allow the surprising work of God to take place, and then we're ready to speak. One of the first things Zechariah says is once John the Baptist is born, they ask him in the temple, what name? And they get him a, a sheet of paper, if you will, to write it down on, right? And he says, his name will be John, which is surprising because no one in his family had been named John, and at, but it had been revealed to him in prayer that John was to be his name. The silence was broken, and he was able to speak. And his first words were, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. First words after nine months of silence was, God has come to us to set us free. But he needed the medicine. So instead of God forcing us, maybe this week you and I can freely choose some silence. Maybe if you got to go to work this week, one direction or on the way back is silent time. Right? Maybe before you go to bed, maybe you turn on just the Christmas lights, you're looking at just a manger, and you just sit there in silence, contemplating this religious art and beautiful things in your home. Or if you have an Advent candle, just watching the flickering of the fire. Maybe it's your favorite prayer, a rosary, reading scripture, journaling. Maybe it's dressing warm and going for a walk without your iPhone on or without music, just listening to the sounds of nature, just observing. But can I suggest to you this week an increase of silence, 10 minutes a day, can get you to a place to when it comes time for Christmas, you'll be ready to experience, and you too with Zachariah are going to say, God's visiting his people again, and he's here to set us free. Amen.